Oh, nice. Breaks. Break. Draft. Trade. We got running backs to talk about. Nobles. Noble, noble, noble. What rappers? Yeah, what are we doing? Tell Noble, congratulations for making the Scott Fish Bowl. <gasps> Thank you. SFB 12. Thank you. Noble G, the queen. This is exciting. This is very exciting. I'm all nervous. You look nervous. I'm very nervous. <laughs> I can hear you shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, you guys know the anxiety I get just like going in and doing. <laughs> yeah, that one's gonna be held over your head for all of time. Yeah, this will define the rest of your life, don't worry. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. It's, well, I hope I can represent the pod and make you guys proud. <laughs> you are representing the pod and you've already made us very proud. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Getting on the Scott Fishbowl. Break, draft, trade. Ding dong. <laughs> Speaking of ding-dongs, I laughed hysterically at the last pod with our dessert hostess fun. Getting better at it. It's pretty good. I should have known when it came up and it said that he that Baker was going to the Seahawks that he would end up no. going to the Panthers. Because I, I feel like that site always gives you like an indication something's happening, but it's not right. <laughs> what are you looking at? A draft. When I'm drafting with them, I kind of fade the first two rounds of running backs because I'm going to get a ton of value in rounds three, four, and five. So if I can get the quarterbacks, or because they're going to take like Cup, they're going to take those guys. Henry and Eckler are going to go into second or, or early third. So you're going to get that value. Somebody's going to take Akers a little early. Other one I'm doing, I took Jonathan Taylor, Lance, Lawrence, and then still got Dobbins and Walker. That was hot. We're going to be in the casinos in another month when we go to Vegas for our live draft. Are you putting up the thing? The thing. The rank draft trade uh, spreadsheet. Your baby. Yeah. I was baby. Yeah. Our love child. That's just the nature of it. <laughs> that is really small. Can you make it any bigger? That's you know, what, that's she, what said. she said. <laughs> oh, you're so smart. Wow. See, this is why I have you guys. This is like when I show my mom how to close tabs on Google. Oh my God, I am your mom. <laughs> Yeah, you nailed it. That's what she said. Oh, man. I can touch it. Perfect. I know. Perfect. Gross. Oh, Derek Henry, RB10. That is so gross. Eckler, six. That's like gross. Eckler, four. That's gross. Yeah, that's also gross. That's Sleeper's ADP. Like with. Oh, that's Sleeper. Okay. RDT, that's the group. Pod, that's just us. Sleeper, that's their ADP ranked. And then you can see Iowa, Mike, Henry. It leads us to a conversation that is thought-provoking. Something different. Awesome. Very bright. Yes! It's Clark I don't really do... Like, I need a crown is what I need. Listen, Nick. <laughs> you're making us do this. You made me do this. <laughs> you have a fishbowl? <laughs> and a little more to the right. Uh, er, you're on the right. Oh, pretty close. Yeah, yeah not bad. Uh, uh. Now he's missing an arm. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm getting stiff. What? He's looking big.
I know the shady bunches. Oh, oh my God. That, that is where our little pictures yes. look like. No, I don't see it. Maybe I should hold up a fishbowl. Welcome back to the Ranked Draft Trade Podcast. We are glad you are here and listening. We hope you guys enjoyed our last episode talking about ranking quarterbacks. I'm introducing our three fantasy brains. <laughs> All right, Mr. Sarcasm, probably one of the most sarcastic people I've ever met. Magic Mike, <laughs> say hi to all of your fans. <laughs> oh, that was a good original one. Papa Bear. I'm not very magical. Papa Bear, the king of sarcasm and Keontae. Oh, yeah. Moving into our uh, Superman of the pod, we had Clark Kent for a short period, and now he has taken off his glasses and he has turned into our Superman. Henry St. Clair, say hello. Finally, I got out of that dang phone booth. It took so many tries. Cape got stuck, but we're good. <laughs> Hopefully. What is that noise? My Roomba's stuck. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that music it again? It's like a life alert. <laughs> Help. Mike has fallen and he cannot get up. <laughs> stuck. Oh, yeah, no, she's stuck. I didn't know where she was and now I know. And Your poor Roomba. Every four hours she yells at you. Oh, my word. And, of course, the king to my being queen of the fantasy podcast, Mr. Nick James. Say hello to your fans. Hello, hello. And I am the queen, as mentioned, Gina Noble, the future Scott Fishbowl winner, the power of positive energy. Anyway, today on the pod, we are going to talk about ranking running backs, a topic everybody should be excited about. I know these three guys are excited to talk about them, so let's get into it. Obviously, I know we're all on the same page with the numero uno, who you would be picking number one, Jonathan Taylor. Anybody want to argue that, or are we all absolutely on the Jonathan Taylor? team. Team Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> well, in the Scott Fishbowl that Noble will be participating in the real deal, the main event, RBs are going to slide behind a bunch of the quarterbacks, if at least a few of them, uh, starting with Jonathan Taylor. As far as your Scott Fishbowl, Jonathan Taylor could be one of the more valuable players to have this season. Kind of locking in him in at number one. When you go to the next couple guys, there's at least something wrong with them that Jonathan Taylor checks that box that they don't. Speaking of Scott Fishbowl, we did that mock last year and uh, one of the comments when I picked Jonathan Taylor after Nick Chubb is that Jonathan Taylor is going to lose pass work unlike Nick Chubb. And that's still... <laughs> but then he was RB1. But yeah, he's the, he's the clear one. I'm not really taking anyone else first. Generally, I'm also not taking him unless he's falling after the first bunch of quarterbacks. He's one of the lower points total scoring RB1s in a number of years. So I'd probably be betting on the field to go ahead and overtake him there. Henry? Uh, yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, RB1. It's, uh, we had McCaffrey, most people had McCaffrey number one like two or three years ago. And at that point, he was already 24, 23 at the youngest. JT's uh, 23-ish now, and he's got a cleaner bill of health, better O-line, better team. I'd, I'd see him as the RB1 next year this time as well. Well, I won't probably be having Jonathan Taylor in the Scott Fishbowl because I do pick eighth 
and maybe mm. a little later on in this podcast, I'll have a better idea of who I might be getting at my first pick. Moving past Jonathan Taylor into our two, three, four position, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, and Javante Williams. How would you rank those three, two, three, four? Nick, you want to start? Yeah, exactly how you said it. DeAndre Swift is basically Christian McCaffrey, only younger potential within his ability and skill set granted is the Lions but this tier here is all the younger guys that aren't rookies weren't injured last year for an extensive period of time and aren't older my preference is Swift and it's just because of the pass catching prowess I like all three of them Javante Williams obviously splitting with Melvin Gordon makes it a little bit more difficult this year but he's definitely already showed that he can be great so it's like you know you do want him for the future Najee Harris almost as old as some of the veterans, but was one of the more valuable players to have last year as Swift in, in between Najee and Javante there. At this point, I'm I'm splitting it with DeAndre Swift, knowing that like Jameson Williams is likely not going to be playing for at least a little while next season. He still has to be a focal point of the offense. That's probably who I'm rolling with as the second RB off the board. Henry, how about you? How are you ranking Najee, Javante, and DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I haven't uh, quite gotten around to updating those three, but I'd probably flip Javon, or, uh, DeAndre Swift into second and then move Javante down to three and Najee to four. There's been a lot of coach speak this offseason about Najee Harris maybe not being in on all downs. Doesn't really matter if it's a down where it's just like a guy's going to pass block on this down. Don't really care if Najee's on the field, if he gets the same amount of touches. But they did use him a ton last year, and it's hard to use someone that much without getting hurt or just, you know, not having a long shelf life. So I like DeAndre Swift for the PPR aspect of it. And then Javante is so young, and Melvin Gordon will be gone in a year's time. And then Najee's still good, but he is getting older already. I think it's the weight gain. <laughs> the <laughs> non-weight gain. Mike, how about you? How are you ranked? King, uh, Swift, Harris, and Williams. In that exact order there, Swift, Harris, then Williams. I agree with a lot of uh, what you guys said. I mean, I mean, obviously Swift with the PPR upside, Jamison Williams maybe sidelined for a little bit, maybe having to rely on him a bit longer there. Great player. Najee is where I kind of get a little stuck. Yeah, he's starting to get older, but it's, it's only his second season, and he's already 24. He's already getting to the point where... People are going to start devaluing him. My biggest concern with him is they ran the ball a ton last year with him. He scored a ton of points. Obviously, he was an RB1. I expect him to do the same thing again this year. Sub four yards per carry. And Pittsburgh has a tendency to kind of get these guys, run them into the grind, their rookie contract, and then they kind of fall somewhere else. Hopefully, you know, Bell to the Jets, Connor uh, to Arizona. I, I kind of see the same exact thing happening with him again. I see no reason to, to think that they're going to do anything differently, even with the coach speak of him not being there on every down. Part of the value of young running backs is that that's when most of their value is packed into is their initial years. You know, if a running back is good, typically they are right away as far as the top tier. So you want the young ones because, like you said, run into the ground or whatever, but it's really like 24 and a half where they've reached their peak at that point. You know, the good ones, you know, continue on past that. That's about the age where if you're not spectacular, then you're at risk of replacement. Najee is 24 and a third or so. 
He's already there. He's older than anyone in my top five at running back. You'd be surprised to know that like he's older than like AJ Dillon, if you're not paying close attention. He's older than Gibson. You know, he's well older than Akers. He's older than all these other guys who are going after him. Doesn't matter so much. Their value is that a stud running back is what wins you leagues, and it's front-loaded in value because that value is impacting you immediately, and it is game-changing. So I'm still high on Najee, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if he falls at least like a round in value in a year. I mean, definitely with that. Another thing I like to think about with Pittsburgh is last year they had Ben. Obviously, Ben really couldn't move the ball downfield. He was pretty much done years ago. Maybe Trubisky, maybe Pickett can actually move the ball downfield a little better throw the ball downfield and maybe they're not going to be as satisfied running the ball as much when they're not even getting four yards each attempt you know if that's not actually you know moving the ball down the field the quarterback's able to do it maybe they kind of move away from that a little bit to see a little ding there i mean everything for with him last year was volume none of it was just oh he was really efficient on the ground not like you know some of the other guys we have in these ranks he just got the ball that much and scored that many points good deal let's move into our top rookie pick Brees Hall uh, going at the 101 more times than not. Compared to Cam Akers, Cam Akers suffered injury last season. How are we picking between Brees Hall and Cam Akers this season? The 1.01 Brees, we have him at uh, fifth RB overall. And each of us three have Cam Akers at six. Found that interesting that all three of us feel the same way about that. It's pretty close to like what the group average was, which was seven. But on sleeper, Brees Hall is seven, so pretty close to where we have him, but Cam Akers, 14th. So a little buried on sleeper ADP currently, RB6 for all three of us. Yeah, I think it's kind of a coin flip between the two. And, uh, with Akers, you're obviously getting somewhat proven production in the NFL. Obviously, he came back from the injury and played in the postseason, albeit not great, but against some pretty good defenses. They don't really have a ton of competition behind them. Karen Williams went down. They don't really like Daryl Henderson much. With Brees Hall, it's kind of a gamble with how much better are the Jets going to be. You know, it wasn't awesome having any Jets running back the last couple of years. So how good can it be? The bet is a massive improvement on the Jets and just Brees being awesome. With Cam Akers, you bake in that it's coming off injury and it didn't look super efficient coming back super fast at the end of last season. So there's a little bit of pessimism towards like what his value could be based on that. With Brees Hall, he's almost exactly two years younger, was also picked in the second round, has similar draft capital, is younger, and was the number one RB in this class where Cam Akers was questionable in a loaded class. Brees Hall, you have to obviously project because you don't have any NFL experience to go off of. And I can understand if someone wanted to rank Brees Hall lower based on haven't seen it yet. But mid-season, if you're going to have him at five after you've seen it, there's something to be said for putting him there now, being ahead of the curve. Mike, you want to chime in on Brees Hall and Cam Akers? Sure. Brees Hall, he had a great profile. He got the early capital. Obviously, everyone kind of likes to overblow that the Jets are this horrible organization and, and nothing is good is going to come out of them. They've had two fantastic drafts in a row. I think they've really put together a great team on the field. 
I think it's finally coming together. Everyone kind of like faded Michael Carter after that, but I really do think there's going to be more of a rotation there. I don't think he'll start as fast as people like to think, but I still think by season end, he's probably up where we have him. That's the type of player that you kind of pay that value. I know I have Akers at six. Rarely am I taking him in that spot. I'm usually buying him on teams that have already drafted. He's sleeper ADP at 14. That's somebody at 14. The upside's just tremendous there. Lead back and for the Rams, so what's the worst case scenario? They had Justin Jackson. I don't think that's a lot of competition. Uh, okay, so speaking of injury, let's play one of our favorite games, Would You Rather. <laughs> I want to move into Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, two guys who at one point not too long ago were going in top spots and have faded quickly. Per sleeper, Christian McCaffrey hasn't faded quite as quickly as Saquon Barkley, both coming off of injury. Henry, let's start with you. Who would you rather, Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? For me, it's probably McCaffrey by a hair. He is on his second contract, and I like that Saquon can still land a second contract after the season, but it's been not great when Saquon's been on the field every time. He's a great player. He makes great plays but with McCaffrey it's fantasy points and consistently it's not by a ton I like Barkley at value a lot more than I like McCaffrey at his value but if you just made me pick heads up it would be McCaffrey okay Mike I'm gonna save you for last best for last Nick let's go to you who would you rather Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley 100% of the drafts I participated in this year Christian McCaffrey has gone before Barkley further ago you go in the past the lower Barkley was going been someone who as the offseason has gone is rising a little bit where like he was going super late later but even now someone who was 1.02 when CMC was 1.01 is separated on sleeper ADP by nine running backs for each of us it's by a couple running backs Henry and I prefer CMC to Barkley and it's just because I've seen weak winning lead winning performances from cmc more recently it's like what have you done for me lately when you go to slice it saquon's younger cmc is 26 26 and a half is right when it it, it could fall off at any year past that now it's a kind of misleading because the better ones can last longer but cmc has shown in just any week that he's playing that he can be a a weak winning piece. Barkley's had some struggles. CMC just got Baker Mayfield. Baker! Baker's got a new house. Maybe. Says he won't be handed the job, but probably. Oh, please. Baker's going to have a new house. <laughs> yeah, he can't be having Sam Darnold leading the league in rushing touchdowns taken away from CMC. I'm not <laughs> mad about it. Like, Baker's right down the street from me. I'm kind of excited. I have this weird crush on Baker Mayfield. I've never been a Panthers fan. Like, I might have an excuse to be a Panthers fan. All right, best for last. I know Mike loves talking about this one. I think I know who he's going with, but Mike... Christian McCaffrey or Saquon Barkley? Saquon Barkley. I knew it! <laughs> Even in a straight trade for me, I prefer Barkley. They both have RB1 overall potential. They both could be league winners. They both could be weak winners. They could be playoff winners. They both have that potential. The reason why I end up with so much Barkley, because CMC's gone in, in the second round of your startup. 
and then three rounds later, there's Saquon. Obviously, CMC, when he did play his three games a year, the last two years, he was putting up, what, 20, 30 points a game. He's a little older. Those soft tissue injuries he kept getting, they're not going to keep going away. He's going to keep taking them. And he's just not a guy I'm looking to hold any longer. You made a really good point with where CMC goes. Sleeper has him as the fourth running back off the board. And in the draft side, Ben, it's been the second round every time where he's going off the board. And while I like CMC, I'm sure he could be a, a great piece, help you win now, maybe a couple years from now even. There's always guys I want more than him there in the second round. In the first and second round, you want the more sure thing and you want a more long-term piece. So that kind of that takes you out of your Aaron Rodgers, your Tom Brady's, obviously. You're not going to be taking Aaron Jones there. Why are we going to be taking an oft-injured running back who's played six games in two years there? It does not make any sense. Especially when you get like a, a similar profile player with the same upside several rounds later. Having CMC behind Cam Akers in my personal ranks basically ensures that I almost never get CMC because Cam Akers is always going later than CMC unless I'm the one that ends up on the clock where he's my best player available. It's going to be really uh, hard for me to potentially pick up CMC in any startup as far as where he's going. Just And I uh, would prefer Akers straight up. Yeah. All right, good. I would definitely take it. I would definitely take acres and it looks like another five guys i would take over him good deal let's keep going with injury players injured players from last year travis Etienne uh is an interesting running back he was injured for all last season you guys have him fairly highly ranked we feeling pretty good going into this season that Travis Etienne is going to bounce back. And where do we rank him in this season? Henry, you want to start? Uh, as to where I have Etienne ranked, is a little behind my fellow rankers here. Got him at RB11 currently in Dynasty. I like Doug Peterson as the head coach. Obviously, collegiate teammate in Trevor Lawrence. It's hopefully the PPR with ETN. He profiled as a good receiving back. And with J-Rob coming off an Achilles, he's probably out for some of the year. The question, again, is just kind of betting on the offense of the Jags to score more than, like, 14 touchdowns in a season, which I don't feel great about. Um, and then just hoping he can come off the list, Frank, and not re-injure it because we see that a lot. Mike, ETN, how you feeling? Pretty good. Reports are he's a full go uh, for training camp. I, I expect him to kind of really just take on a huge workload there. He's got nobody else there with him. I'm not really optimistic about J-Rob coming back from an Achilles like I am Akers, especially. He just was never fast. Akers still had speed. So I really don't think J-Rob's going to be too much of a competition for him. Obviously, we do love that Doug Peterson is the coach there. Urban Meyer, that whole team was a train wreck last year. It was atrocious. It was terrible watching that team. Best quarterback prospects since Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning just looked awful trying to move the ball down the field at all. I mean, they've added a little bit with Kirk and everything, but I think that... The million-dollar man. <laughs> Multi-million dollar man. Yeah, I think... Yes, definitely not billions. I think at the end, it'll be the centerpiece of that offense especially on the early downs and even on the passing downs. He's showing little flashes in camp. I said on a previous podcast that, you know, if you were worried about Travis Etienne, he's he's out here in camp right now as far as, oh, is he coming back from injury? He's there. When you've got Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Marvin Jones, he could lead the team in target share. 
Okay, probably too hot, but ETN liked him last year. I was taking him like above Chase last year, regrettably. Right now, I have him behind CMC, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if by midseason if Travis Etienne is snapping off at the beginning of the year, getting a, a large target share, even if it isn't leading to points. Being as young as he is, if he's doing well, I'm going to want him more than CMC by midseason. Sleeper ADP has him all the way down at 15. So Henry's a little bit behind us, still four picks ahead of where like a Sleeper's ADP would lie. So it, it, even as a group, uh, higher on ETN than likely consensus. A lot less worried about the injury thing, especially now that he's in camp. He's out there doing it right now. Okay, let's do another would you rather. I want to go Antonio Gibson, Joe Mixon. Not just because it rhymes, but let's compare those two. Who would you rather, Henry? Are you going Gibson or Mixon? Well, I'm ahead of uh, Sleeper ADP on both of these guys, narrowly on Mixon. But I do have Mixon two spots higher than Antonio Gibson in my rankings. There's been some added competition in the Washington backfield with Brian Robinson in the third round. He's a bigger back, profiles to potentially be a goal line guy. And then McKissick, obviously, still in the receiving game. So maybe Gibson doesn't quite get the high-value touches. Maybe he's kind of a Miles Sanders touchdown regression candidate where he only gets, like, first and second down work, gets taken out near the goal line, doesn't get a bunch of PPR points. Although he played wide receiver in college, I'd really love to see him get used as a receiving back. But with McKissick there, it just does not seem super likely. Uh, Mixon, to me, just profiles as an absolute bell cow for the Bengals, and we saw them be one of the better offenses last year, making it all the way to the Super Bowl. You give me a running back on a team like that that I think is going to be in a bunch of shootouts because her defense is not all that great. I see a bunch of points coming from Mixon, so... For me, it's Mixon. I agree with that, actually. For what it's worth, I'm going Mixon over Gibson. Uh, let's go Nick. Mixon or Gibson? Made some really good points as far as absolute bell cow because we were looking at Brian Robinson right next to Antonio Gibson, and these are both third-round picks. Like, they had the same level of draft capital in that backfield and McKissick. And if Curtis Samuel is healthy, that's another mm-hmm. potential mix-in for the backfield. Antonio Gibson definitely not helped during the draft period with what happened there, but was serviceable last year, uh, even dealing with various little injury things. Still like Gibson, uh, still younger than Najee Harris. (laughs) So is Alexander Madison. (laughs) Going into year four. That's actually ridiculous. (laughs) It just looking at backups, Chris Evans and Samaji P. Ryan, mm-hmm. you know, the, who, whoever. Yep. I would just slightly prefer Mixon to Gibson, even though Mixon is almost two full years older than Gibson. I would prefer Mixon just being on a great offense with little to no competition for the vast majority of the touches. Once again, best for last. Best for last again. Saving the best for last. Papa. I guess I get another weird take here. I'm, I'm taking Gibson over Mixon, straight to trade or in a draft. I agree with a lot of what they said. Mixon, obvious bell cow there. He's got nobody there with him. Probably going to be a top RB1 again this year. Ton of points. He is getting older. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody's overblowing the coach speak with what's going on in Washington. Brian Robinson couldn't beat out a ton of NFL guys. He took him until the end of college to even kind of get a starting role, and he really wasn't that efficient at doing it. I think Gibson's a much better back, but he has been hurt a couple 
hurt a bit in the last two years. It's something with his shin last year where he probably shouldn't have even played, but they didn't really have anybody, so it's probably best to have some kind of suitable backup that can handle those early rushing downs. I see it as a, as a reason to help him, maybe give him a little bit of a break, because he still has back-end RB1 potential, even while playing hurt or missing games in the last two years. I agree with you. You know, just watching the tape, there's a lot of times where Gibson is definitely faster than Mixon, and he's like about the same size. They're both about six foot two, twenty two thirty. Mixon is or Gibson rather is probably more talented than Mixon. It's just a question of the opportunity and the teams that they're on, both lean mean Mixon. Yeah. Betting on talent, yeah. Argue with anybody at all. Mixon can outscore Gibson this year. It's gonna happen. Gibson's probably gonna end up playing longer than Mixon at a higher level from this point. That's why I'm taking him there. Definitely. When I'm taking my running backs, I, I prefer the youth and the talent. Add that all together because I take a lot of young running backs. I like to build a team that's actually that's going to keep going. I really kind of avoid the older running backs. Mm-hmm. They have the shorter shelf life. They'll win you the games, but when they kind of all come together, it's great. I think that is an interesting point as well of um, how Mixon goes around some of those other older running backs because Mixon's 25, about to be 26 this year sometime. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon, actually. Younger than Cook, Eckler, Kamara, Chubb, even about the same age, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, he often goes behind some of those guys. He's almost the same age as CMC. Yep, almost. Also goes behind him. Speaking of youth, we've got Kenneth Walker. Uh, let's compare him to to J.K. Dobbins, who fell victim to an ACL tear last season. Doesn't look like he's going to be participating in preseason games. Do we think he's going to be ready for a regular season? And how are we ranking Dobbins? Let's compare him to Kenneth Walker. Mike, I know we saved the best for last, but this time you're going first. (laughs) Yep. All right. Here's your boy. J.K. Dobbins, who I have in so many leagues, and I I didn't even realize... Dobbins, as a rookie, he had an insane yards per carry of over six yards. Absolutely insane. I, anybody who disagrees is just wrong there. He was electric. He only had he only had a, a bit over 100 carries, but it was great. Really looking forward to year two, and then he tears the ACL. But he tears it before preseason, so that gives him plenty of time to get ready for this year. It's a run-first offense. That's why I was so excited about Dobbins in the first place, that run-first offense that's going to kind of give him a break. He doesn't need to be involved in the passing downs to get a ton of volume and still score a bunch of points. This year with Dobbins, I'm expecting him to start a little slower than usual, but still be ready for week one, which is fine. Once we get into a couple weeks into the season, he'll really start to take off. I don't think it's like Barkley where, yeah, he's going to be back week one, but he injured it in season. He had several more weeks to kind of get ready. He didn't have as much muscle mass to begin with in his leg, so I think that'll help with the healing there as well. They Gus Edwards tearing the Achilles, that's probably not going to leave him with a lot of competition besides maybe Mike Davis. So I think they'll end up relying on him a lot. Uh, Walker, I have just behind him, and he... As far as right behind him, I mean, my values on them are very close. I, I love Walker as a prospect, except for the fact that he didn't catch passes, which is kind of rough there. I would probably lean him if I had a team that was maybe more in a rebuild and I need to keep my max PF down for year one, uh, considering he might be playing behind Penny a little bit, which again, Penny might get hurt before week one even. Well, J.K. Dobbins, it sounds like he's not going to play in preseason, and that's part of the reason they signed Mike Davis as kind of like an insurance policy there. My hope is that J.K. Dobbins is good to go week one. If somehow he ends up on the pup, that would be really disappointing. I would have him a little 
little higher than where I have him currently if I knew he was healthy and good to go week one. But I'm not super confident about that. And like you said about Gus Edwards, also injured. So that's part of the allure of Tyler Beatty. Mike Davis there signed as well. Makes me think that it might be a little bit slow to start with Dobbins, but he could be a piece you love at the end of the season and then goes into next year right at apex at 24 and a half with kenneth walker i have been told to defend my rank of him (laughs) because i had him a little lower than everybody else i waffle back and forth whether i want to put him above like the 26 and a half to 27 year old running backs that are going to be good this year and it's probably a really good chance they're going to be good this year or do i want kenneth walker who isn't even 22 years old yet If I knew for a fact that I wasn't going to be competing this year, I would definitely prefer Kenneth Walker to a lot of these running backs that go well, well before Kenneth Walker. I don't know. It's kind of perspective ranked with a balanced approach. This is probably where I start waffling on drawing the line between a more win now piece or a more future piece. With Penny leading the way in camp, Kenneth Walker already having the pass catching concerns, whether it's true or not, it's hard to know with the Michigan State Big Ten offense whether that is what it is i don't know hey i have no problem taking him over all the way up to like austin eckler if you uh had no shot at winning this year but if i'm win now i still kind of like eckler and cook and chubb more than kenneth walker just because it could be enough of a split where penny flashed at the end of the year last year same reason people like amon ross st brown is the same reason uh, is the same kind of performances that penny put up towards the end of the season and he's coming back and if somehow chris carson isn't you know done because of his neck injury if he's back too all of a sudden it's like yeah he's great on a per touch basis but it isn't really equating to a whole lot that's a possibility with kenneth walker where that's not going to happen with cook that's not going to happen with eckler that's not going to happen with chubb if you're definitely in contention this year i still like kenneth walker i'm just would rather have those older rbs and kenneth walker you know, I'd rather have those pieces that are might be league-winning pieces this year and then still have some value next year. So safe to say you're Dobbins over Walker then? Absolutely. All right, let's hear from our Superman, Henry. Well, I do have Walker one spot higher than Dobbins, and a little bit of it is Dobbins coming off the ACL. Walker, to me, was right there with Brees coming out. They went somewhat close in draft capital, Penny on a one-year deal. I think that backfield is Walker's after the year 100% ran like a 4.38 at his size and weight like 5.9 to 110 something like that perfect height yeah perfect height good good build <laughs> but he's a runner I mean he won the uh the award last year for best running back in college not Brees Walker it was Kenneth Walker and I say Brees Walker Brees Hall yeah be like the perfect combination <laughs> yeah other than Skywalker yeah oh wait no that'd be the worst combination <laughs> never mind <laughs> Again, though, I think he's going to be the bell cow in a year. It's kind of like Javante last year where he had Gordon, you know, pop, probably gone after the year, but he didn't wind up losing Gordon. Walker, probably the bell cow in a year, and you're just kind of sitting around waiting on it. And I think he could even overtake Penny by, you know, midseason. What if it's kind of like a Denver Broncos last year yeah. backfield? Yeah, that's kind of what I would expect almost. And then you're getting, you know, RB20 maybe. Again, it's a decent comparison because they had Locke last year on Denver and Seattle might have Locke this year with Geno mm-hmm. and Teddy, obviously kind of comparable careers there. So it might be a waiting game on Ken. 
or it could be this year. So also for the record, as a pod, we have them at 13. So the RB 2.01, basically, uh, as a group, we have him at close to 15, but Sleeper has him all the way down at 18. So arguments for against, we still like him probably above consensus as, as a whole. Also like Dobbins more than Sleeper by quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Right there. But they're back to back on Sleeper too. Yep. All right. So that probably puts us into the next tier of running backs which would be dalvin cook austin eckler and nick chubb looks like you guys are fairly different fairly different (laughs) so henry rank for me dalvin cook austin eckler and nick chubb so i've got it chubb cook and eckler i do probably need to take another look at it after the watson suspension gets landed or whatever happens there with the browns offense it's brissett all year i might move him down what if it's jimmy g if it's jimmy g man move him back up you love jimmy g you love him almost as much as i do iowa just wants him off the niners that's all he cares about (laughs) absolutely never gonna happen pull the lance from the stone (laughs) chubb's obviously younger than the other two narrowly by about a year or so cook has madison behind him he's off injured they're not gonna be a run first team anymore eckler had an outlier number of touchdowns that's why he's last for me they really had no one behind him last year extreme outlier i mean it was like 18 touchdowns and it's like next highest in his career was not even double digits Uh, a lot of goal line running work that he did not expect to get it was like joshua kelly justin jackson and uh, larry roundtree they add isaiah spiller this offseason and probably projects to take some of the running work that eckler got unexpectedly awesome in ppr but that's kind of what he's always been is like a swiss army knife line up in slot or you know receive out of the backfield so that's kind of why he's last for me is the touchdown regression and then cook i've never really liked how old he is he's pretty close to zeke for me (laughs) for years i've hated his age yeah (laughs) ever since he came out of florida state he's been old (laughs) (laughs) mike these guys are pretty straightforward for you cook eckler chubb in that order yeah yes a little side note i'm never gonna end up with any of them on a startup because they're gonna go way before my ranks even hit yeah cook's got madison behind him i like his potential to be the top scorer out of that group eckler i don't think he's gonna score anywhere near where he did i think his touchdowns are to regress i think he's gonna get a lot less carries he still has that ppr upside which is fantastic but he's just not going to be worth where people are taking him i just saw him go in the second round of a startup at over 27 years old with a season that was an absolute anomaly like just not anything that you should be able to expect you should be able to like look at it like oh he carried the ball twice as many times as he ever had oh he scored more than double the amount of touchdowns he ever had like no they're just like oh he's a a great scorer last year i gotta get him again i don't see it and chubb some injury concerns obviously if percent is the starting quarterback there that's just not going to be an exciting offense i don't care how many times you give the ball to chubb it's just not going to get there (laughs) and nick so you mentioned earlier if you're in win now you're drafting these three guys over kenneth walker Mm -hmm. if you're looking to build for the future you're picking kenneth walker over these guys Mm -hmm. did i say that right (laughs) yep that's part of what makes ranking hard as far as choosing a perspective that fits all views i could move him above or i can move him behind but yep like you said in a vacuum balanced to win now approach 
I would prefer the the league winning pieces. And you have Eckler above Cook and Chubb. These guys are separated by a hair, like these guys said. Chubb is almost a year younger than Eckler, but not even a full year. He's like almost a half a year younger than Cook, but not even a full half of a year. All these guys are at or past that 26 and a half point barrier where the fall off could happen at any moment. The running backs that typically provide you value beyond that point offer something in the passing game and for me Eckler and Cook offer more in the passing game than like a Nick Chubb and that's completely aside from everything going on with the Cleveland Browns right now I would just prefer those two to Chubb now Cook contract things whatever Austin Eckler I like Spiller I know Combine drove him down basically for just about everybody but I still kind of like Spiller if he takes at least some of the work that was a little suspect for how much Eckler was getting and especially in various scenarios I, I like Eckler and Cook as far as pieces that will help you win in fantasy football this year beyond that they're going to be older than 27 years old Eckler just turned 27 how valuable was Melvin Gordon last year at 28 they still are going to have some value going forward but they're definitely like Mike always talks about the trajectory they're not rising anymore at best they plateau and it's eventually going to drop for this whole tier of guys so that's kind of why I made them a tier on the sheet because for sleeper Eckler's RB6 Dalvin Cook is RB9 Chubb is RB12 we all have him as a first half of RB2s so these are like Mike said guys that are not typically on the board when we're up to pick as our best player available because they're already gone. Yeah, thank you. Trying to touch on it there with uh, Chubb and the contract of Cook and Eckler. Eckler, you know, if it falls off the face of the planet, it could be a cut. Same with Cook. Whereas Chubb is locked in for 23. There's no shot they're getting out of that deal. So just that was the tiebreaker for me. Like you said, though, depending on how bad the Browns are this year, that could definitely not be nearly as valuable, right? There could be like a 10 spot difference from where Chubb finishes to these other guys. And that wouldn't shock me if the Browns are awful. Then he's still kind of splitting with Hunt a little bit. But Hunt gone next year and Chubb will be the best guy. I think next year you're definitely going to want Chubb more than these guys, without a doubt in my mind. Hmm. But as of right now, this year. Just because of Watson? Just because, you know, hopefully Watson's there, guaranteed maybe by next year. And then Cook and Eckler are still slightly older than him and both maybe not as good. I just wonder that, like, once they get into the older years and they lose a little bit of that edge, how do they maintain fantasy football relevance in a PPR dynasty league? It's typically by catching passes. And Chubb has never been one that catches a lot of passes. Right. I said that they, they drafted Spiller, well, Ty Chandler for whatever it's worth is behind Cook and Madison's probably a free agent next year. So then and, and Wang Wu is still there kicking it. Mm-hmm. He's still there, probably kick returning. Yeah. Year, like you were saying there. <laughs> uh, but Nick Chubb, Jerome Ford went there and they st- re signed Dearness Johnson. They still have Hunt. It hasn't been cut or traded or anything yet. And Demetric Felton, even. Yeah. If, 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 if he's a running if he, back. If he, yeah. If he's, I don't know any of these people. <laughs> Are these real football players? 
is some of the tie breaking is just slightly younger. I think it's really a lot closer as far as their age and touches as far as if you're trying to project a fall off. I think these guys are all tiered together. I really don't break the ties between them that way. Yeah. For me, it's the pass catching ability, which just slides Chubb down right behind Cook and Eckler. It is interesting because that does seem to be the narrative of like, you know, pass catchers can last longer. We see Kamara and Eckler, obviously. But then you do look at a Derrick Henry, and I know he sat a couple years with DeMarco Murray, but he's significantly older than like everyone else. He's 28, birthday in January, like 28 and a half. Then he still can run for like, you know, 2,000 in a year if he stays healthy. It's, that's the kind of build that Chubb is, is he could lead the league in rushing. I mean, not this year, probably, but. <laughs> can we transition to Henry there? Yeah, yeah, that's a good jumping point. Talking about Henry, you mentioned Henry. Go figure. <laughs> Henry for Henry. Yep. Henry for Henry. <laughs> So would you rather Derrick Henry or, okay, well, Jacobs. Jacobs is an interesting running back. I feel like Jacobs has been the bipolar running back of fantasy football where you have him high and then something happens and he drops <laughs> down and then he goes back up and then he drops back down. I was real high on Jacobs for a while and now I'm kind of like, Neh. So let's go, let's compare Henry to Jacobs. How, how are you ranking? Would you rather Josh Jacobs or Derrick Henry and why? Mike. I'd rather anybody but Derrick Henry. I don't have any. <laughs> I love that Mike just gets straight yeah. to the point. <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely taking Jacobs and 23, 22 other running backs over Derrick Henry, which means I'm not going to get Derrick Henry. Yeah. You guys mentioned it before. The receiving upside is kind of what keeps guys relevant. And then as they get into those last years that they're playing, you compound the touches and then like you start to get older and you know suddenly you need an extra day to heal get ready from practice and those hits start to take a toll and i just don't see derrick henry ever getting to the point where he's playing a full healthy season again if he even makes it like through this. real important derrick henry or miles gaskin <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take Derrick Henry there. Dang it! <laughs> Just because you're going to flip him tomorrow. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take any relevant player over him, I guess. <laughs> All right, I just had to get my Miles Gaskin yeah. in there. Yeah, no, I would definitely take Henry there and trade him, obviously. All right, so he is taking Derrick Henry yeah. above someone. Yeah. And, like, so, like, you can keep going with Henry. Like, let's say he comes back this year. Let's say he starts to get a little bit slower. You know, maybe he's, he's not running down the field as well. He's not putting putting up his huge games anymore than like what's the upside of having Henry on your team he's not you're not gonna have eight in the box again to kind of open up the pass game because people aren't gonna be worried about him anymore they're not gonna put him in the pass game because he's got bricks for hands so <laughs> tell us how you really feel <laughs> how much longer is he going to be fantasy relevant and him not being involved in the pass game and him getting to the point where he's already post peak it missed most of the last year how much longer am I gonna see guys taking him in the second round third round Henry oh Nick you want to go do you do you agree with this very blunt description of Derrick Henry? I will try to give the opposite side because on Sleeper, he's RB10. For us, he barely cracks the end of RB2, but who was the highest average points per game at running back last year? Derrick Henry. Oh, definitely Henry. It was Derrick Henry, and it wasn't close. It was by a couple of 
points like over Jonathan Taylor. You guys both touched on all the relevant points there that, oh, he doesn't offer anything in the passing game, but then Henry, he's been old for a while and he's still doing it. Derrick Henry has been a rule breaker from the get-go. Like he's just not your normal size. It's just mm. what he's been able to do is just abnormal. He's a superhuman. He's like Adrian Peterson, where it's just like the normal rules of like body weight and production and whatever just don't apply. It's just, he's a superhero. But this year he has a couple of screws in his foot. The lower body injuries are something that that's what takes down the runner. Mm -hmm. And you're right that he doesn't offer anything in the passing game. So with the assumption that he could, maybe while he plays, even if he gets hurt, he could be the RB1, may not be the same. I'd rather be the first one out than the last one out when the building's on fire. You know it's coming eventually. We thought it was going to happen and he was still amazing while he was healthy last year. It could be what we thought was going to happen last year, this year, for the whole season, even when he's healthy. So I'm just late RB2 for Henry. I like a good uh, bunch of running backs that we haven't even talked about yet more than Derrick Henry. But at an ADP of 10, he's a sell if he's on your team somehow. Because odds are you can get more than he's probably worth out of him. Oh yeah. I did watch him train break the Jets from the sideline last year. That was kind of cool. <laughs> Still uh, Nick, lost that game. Nick. Yeah, but, yeah, you did. Touch on Josh Jacobs for me because I know you're pretty high on Jacobs. To an extent, I have him as RB19, which is at least what uh, Mike was at as of a couple days ago and just one spot away from Henry. I like him as a late RB2. They drafted one of my favorite RBs in Zamir White. Henry, they declined his fifth-year option? Yeah, they declined Jacob's fifth year. Right. All right, so he's... Jerks. He's not a lock to be back. Who knows what could happen next? My guy isn't like an old RB no. now. Just barely older than Najee. <laughs> <laughs> He's oh, basically savage. And they both went to bed. He's less? declining his rookie deal. <laughs> yep. Guy's young. He could end up in a sweet spot next year. I think the Raiders' offense is probably going to be decent this year. That's why you go out and buy the 29 year old wide receiver one or whatever. So, as an offense, they're going to be decent in a division that's going to score a whole lot of points. You probably want Josh Jacobs on that team. They still have Kenyon Drake there. They've got a couple of other mm. guys or whatever. But uh, Zamir White, I think, could potentially be the future. Like someone who next year, it's like going into next year, he just rises in value as the season ends because it's like, oh, he could be the starter next year, and then they draft somebody. But potential to rise in value in the near future as far as Zamir White. So for Josh Jacobs, never been super active in the passing game. Declined a fifth-year option, which is not something you do if you think this player is a superstar. He's out there in the RB2, someone who I want to play if I have him, but not as high on him as I have been basically up until this point, which moves him down to more like a later RB2, where he was probably more like a, an earlier one in prior years. Henry, you want to chime in about Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs? Um, so Derrick Henry, it is interesting we keep saying, you know, he's not good in the passing game or whatever, but the highlights that jump to my mind of Derrick Henry, I believe they're both against the Jaguars, were like 80-yard screens to the house. So it's not like he's not going to catch a single pass, right? He's going to get the little, like, dump-offs and the screen plays and stuff. Runs that are called passes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously behind him, you have my high school teammate, Hassan Haskins, and uh, Dontrell Hilliard. So I don't know 
if those guys necessarily are going to make the Titans want to take Henry off the field, even if it's a passing down. They're just going to want them to have to worry about him. So I think he could be in good line for another awesome year. The question is health, obviously. There were talks of him coming back late in the season if they had like advanced mm-hmm. in the playoffs, which I think is interesting, kind of similar to Akers in that regard, where he would have been back for a Super Bowl run. So maybe the injury is a bit overblown, just to play devil's advocate there. Jacobs is interesting because there were talks that he was holding out of like minicamp and OTAs for a while. I think he's a little angry that he didn't get the fifth-year option, no extension. Curious where that goes, you know, if he's really wanting to hold it to the Raiders or whatnot. So for me, it's Jacobs by a nose just because I think he's going to get a second contract, a big money deal somewhere, and become a starter somewhere again. You're going to get more years of a starting running back out of him, and I like the talent of Jacobs. But I don't think Derrick Henry is necessarily someone that you're only going to get eight weeks out of and that he's going to be retired. You know, he <laughs> he could play maybe another year after this one. But I think that's like best case scenario. You're looking at a year, you know, 29-30 season, and that's about it. Yep. And he offers the ability to progress past the normal age drop-off by just being a giant beast and a goal line threat. Mm-hmm. Like, even if he's just someone who you hand it to inside the five and he runs it in for you, you know what I mean, in his older years. Right, like James Conner last year even, just like give him mm-hmm. 16 goal line touchdowns and that's a top eight RB. You know, you don't even mm-hmm. have to be efficient in your yards at all. You can be a 3.6 and be good for mm-hmm. fantasy. You can be 30. He's kind of like the Brady of running backs, right? He's the age outlier where it's like, I don't want him in Dynasty mm-hmm. because he's going to not play very long, maybe a year, maybe two if you're lucky. But this year, he's going to be top 10 and you know it if he's healthy. But yeah. He's an interesting one. I don't want to skip David Montgomery. We'll go back to him, but I want to do a real quick would you rather. It's a little gross, so prepare yourself. Would you rather Alvin Kamara or Ezekiel Elliott? (laughs) I knew you were going to say that, and that's going to hurt Henry's feelings for calling Zeke gross. (laughs) (laughs) I I just... know that i really want either of these guys i'll take them but all right nick who would you rather camara or elliot oh man i I didn't want to lead on this one but uh, (laughs) i will for (laughs) for here i would just barely prefer camara how i'm ranking it is i'm assuming he's suspended six games and then he comes back and the number two rb on the team is the best free agent currently not on an nfl team or a undrafted free agent in abram smith or Mark Ingram is the correct answer. Uh, Mark Ingram. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but uh, Kamara, obviously great in the passing game. So someone who's just as old as all these other running backs where we're starting to question their age or whatever, one of the better receivers of that entire group. Uh, Zeke, the carry leader of this group. That is the knock on Zeke that I think holds the most weight is that he's had the most carries. But it's also because he's been so good. It doesn't necessarily mean it's completely screwing him over. It's completely ruining his value, like ADP might suggest, but I'll still take Alvin Kamara, assuming that he hasn't suspended a whole season. I'm assuming it's a certain number of games. Henry, let's save the best for last on this one. Mike, who are you going, Kamara or Elliot? I'll take Kamara, but like by again, by a small amount. I'll Zeke for at least this year. Realistically, at ADP, I'd be getting Zeke every time because I'm not going to be able to touch Kamara at 11. Okay, Henry, (laughs) I think I know who you're going. 
but I could be wrong. Well, we saw a very limited sample size of Kamara last year with Jameis Winston. And in those games, he was very good. Now, when he lost Winston, he wasn't quite as good. And he did have a little bit of an injury stretch in there where it was the Tony Jones hype and then wound up not being Tony Jones after he got hurt. I think I'll go Kamara narrowly here. The six-game looming suspension possibility sounds like it could even be kicked to next year or something bizarre. Maybe a mid-season suspension like Zeke back in the day was talked about. Kamara's got another year on his contract, unlike Zeke and Cook, which was kind of my tiebreaker for them for a while until the potential of a suspension popped up. But obviously, he's elite in the receiving game. He had that four or five touchdown game on Christmas Day or whenever that was near Christmas. And... He kind of has that ability to be the absolute focal point of their offense. Whereas with Zeke, it's, you know, C.D. Lamb or, you know, was Amari Cooper. Now it's Gallup coming off an injury and uh, everything like that. Say Pollard. Pollard. Say Pollard. Pollard. (laughs) Man, I just made so many listeners happy. Pollard, Pollard, Pollard. Uh, Oh, yeah. We love some Pollard. Better than Zeke. Oh, my gosh. Pollard's so good. Take Zeke off the field. Yeah, who would you rather? (laughs) Zeke or... Pollard. But let's cut Zeke. Just just get rid of Zeke for a conditional sixth round pick and play Pollard. He's the better running back. You know what I would rather not do? Like the one guy, what was the one startup we did yeah. where the guy took Zeke and Pollard back to back? <laughs> Like oh, that's funny. I didn't see that. I did see Zeke or uh, Pollard like round three in our week three draft one. Yeah, it was like Pollard. He took Pollard and then Zeke. Like it was like not to put anyone on blast. What yeah. are you doing? You're completely <laughs> capping your upside. Yeah, I'll put him on blast. That that that's crazy. Back to back. Yeah. Like decent. Mike is picks. like if you do that, you should be blasted. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. Um, I've been the one banging the Zeke drum this year, last year, every year. Uh, it ran for a thousand yards was a top 10 RB last year, and he fell off. Oh, he's so bad. Playing through an injury all season. But we're all ahead of uh, Sleeper ADP. We see Kamara going 12 RBs above Zeke. And while we all would narrowly prefer Kamara to Zeke, it's much more likely that we're going to get Ezekiel Elliott on our team. And I've seen some crazy Zeke trades go through where it's like, you know, an early second or something like the 201. And it's like, <laughs> for Zeke, it's like, yeah, he's a backup. Like I've heard the narrative Zeke is a backup running back. I don't think so. You said something like that on a previous podcast, and then immediately afterwards, I got an offer of a second for my Zeke. I'm like, no, no. There you go. Not for me. I didn't do that. (laughs) You have this backwards. No, yeah, it wasn't you. (laughs) But it was someone who definitely listened to the podcast, and I asked them if that was why. They're like, oh, I listened, but that wasn't why. It's like, I meant to do something else. Okay. (laughs) There's definitely some out there that are just completely out on Elliot. They count the carries and say he's about to explode into dust and I don't want anything to do with this Zeke and they're just complete it doesn't matter what what about doesn't matter you know what I mean it's like what about how much their parent nope doesn't matter it's like what about how still good he's been even when he was playing hurt doesn't matter it's so interesting we obviously like youth a little more than most with like ETN and Akers and Brees Hall mm-hmm. then sleeper ADP would suggest than many people do in their startups but when it comes to Zeke it's like he's the one old guy that everyone just like agrees to kill they're all like we're in on Henry he's coming off an injury we, we love him you know we love Eckler with the outlier number of touchdowns but Zeke Zeke, man, he is toast. 
yeah, it's like Ezekiel Elliott. You you play like Witch Doctor, right? A lot of people play Witch Doctor. We saw like the fantasy, whatever the heck, try to say that he's like, I know CMC's going to get hurt this year. And he victory lapped it and all sorts of weird stuff. But people think, you know, older guys are going to get injured. And then we see Dobbins, ETN, and Akers go down like before the season even starts. So I would just caution against the idea that you know Zeke is going to just blow up. <laughs> I do feel like, and this could be in my imagination, but the times I've had Zeke, he takes a couple of games to get going. Like he's that guy that you have that you just want to go out there and give you 30 points in every game. And mm-hmm. you're like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you giving me big points? And then it takes him a couple games. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, there he is. I don't know. Maybe it's in my imagination. I've always felt he took a little time to get going, but then when he hits his stride, he's usually pretty solid. I think part of that is playing through injury. Yep. Totally your imagination there. No, it's not. Last year, he had like five points the first week, but then it was like 17, 26, 20, 25, 18. Uh, The year before, 27, 22, 17, 20, 23. The year before that, he started with 13, then 20, 15. Like, he just kind of ran out the gate. See? First game. I want my boys to go out and perform in the first game. You're putting up 13 points you're out of here. You're cut. <laughs> this is a lemon. <laughs> Go get Sammy Watkins. Oh, week one, baby. Sammy. Yeah, week one. To Henry's point there, Zeke is like the same age as Alvin Kamara. He's ju- almost the same age as Cook. All these guys who we have rank five, six, seven, eight, ten players above him, all the same Younger age. Younger than Eckler. <laughs> if you completely just eliminated the fact that Zeke's been hit and touched the ball way more than all these other guys, then it would be why isn't Zeke with them? But I think it's just that factor. And people saw Pollard. Mm-hmm. They, they saw Pollard and they fell in love. I mean, there were games where Zeke, after the injury, was getting nine carries a week. Four weeks, he got nine carries. That's not happening if he's full health. Pollard is good. He's very good. He's a good player. But it doesn't make Zeke any worse that Pollard is good. Yep. Okay, I don't want to skip over David Montgomery. We kind of did. I do. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about just real quick, I'm looking at I'm looking at the three of your ranks, and you have Montgomery and Kamara very close. I think Mike is the only one who has Kamara over Montgomery. Let's do real quick. Would you rather Montgomery, Kamara, Nick? You go first. I'm barely preferring Montgomery to Kamara just due to the suspension, and then okay. in six weeks I may prefer Kamara again. But for now, and maybe longer, Montgomery it just depends on how the season goes. But to start the season, I'm definitely preferring Montgomery to Kamara, but they might be ships passing in the night. Okay, Henry, uh, Montgomery or Kamara? I'll take the guy from the best school in Iowa, David mm. Montgomery. Boo. Cyclone. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike, judging Cyclone by... Cyclone wasn't even a good song. <laughs> judging by the fact you want us to forget Montgomery altogether, I'm assuming you're going Kamara over Montgomery. Yeah, I just don't find David Montgomery exciting. I, I, I'll keep it simple with that. All right, Mike needs exciting players in his life. Yes. Moving right along. No, to no, 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 no. We don't need to move. Around. We don't need to move along. I, I have them like literally, like really, really close to each other in a vacuum. I prefer Kamara if my team is younger, or maybe I don't have like a full win now roster. 
I'll take Montgomery definitely. If I need somebody to play week one, Montgomery, I'm just kind of really baiting that whole Bears offense until I see something with Fields there. It does bear noting that <laughs> the Bears were really bad last year. And it took it was Dalton for a bit, and then Fields comes in, didn't look great, gets injured, it's Dalton, it's Foles. I can't even remember who played all the weeks. The sleeper ADP, Montgomery's going eight running backs later, and we all have them very close. You're going to probably want Montgomery more than Kamara for the first six weeks. We don't know that that suspension's happening, but it seems very possible uh, for the altercation in Las Vegas during the Pro Bowl. Montgomery was known as David Montgomery for a while. I think he still has some of that stench on him from when people drafted him way too high, and now he's coming back down to earth. Way too high, where they picked him wet over Sanders, who's also <laughs> fallen off way more than him. You know what I mean? Out of that class, it was Montgomery, Jacob Sanders. Between us, Sleeper, the group, we're all between like 17, 18, 19. Yep. This guy has always been an RB2 or better. Mm. All three seasons. David Montgomery helped win people leagues two years ago. One of the most rostered players on championship rosters RB4. because he blew up during the playoffs mm-hmm. specifically. Against the worst defenses. <laughs> I re- Before we moved on, I really wanted to bring this up to you guys. I mean, like, he's 25. He's really close to, like... Kenneth Walker, as far as what kind of a player he is. This is Montgomery? Oh, yeah. Who who are we talking about, Iowa? Montgomery. What if Kenneth Walker is David Montgomery, and he's always an RB2? He's always worth playing every single week, but he's never really like an RB1. Part of the knock on Kenneth Walker is that he may never achieve RB1 status if he's like a David Montgomery. But even if that is the case, I still think we have more appropriately ranked. We're going to have more years of that, mm-hmm. of that solid RB2 production. You know, that's a lot of what I expected out of Dobbins. I never expected him to have like a full backfield to himself, mm-hmm. especially when you have a guy that's just a pure runner. I mean, best case scenario, you got Chubb. Mm-hmm. I think worst case scenario, you have a, a solid RB2. You can always plug into your lineup. Mm-hmm. Everything after this is gross. I never get these players. I love these guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about uh, two Green Bay Packers, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones has an intriguing position. Granted, he He's getting up there. We lost Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. So we've got Aaron Jones. We've got A.J. Dillon. We added Christian Watson. Do we feel it's going to give Aaron Jones a bump because we've got rookie Christian Watson? Do we think Aaron Rodgers is going to lean on Aaron Jones more? Do you think it's also going to give A.J. Dillon a bump? Where do you have those two? Henry, you're you're a Packers fan. We'll start with you. I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Give him the discount double check. (laughs) No. We've got you to admit you're a Packers fan. <laughs> you root for the teams with your favorite players. Yeah. Yep. Whoever has the most Hawkeyes. Okay. All the green teams. Yep. I'm a big Commanders fan this year. However you need to say it. <laughs> All of us have A.J. Dillon above Aaron Jones. All of us do. And it's a matter of A.J. Dillon still 22-ish. He's very young. He came out of Boston College, second round pick. He's massive. He's like six foot two forty five. I heard stories of uh, from his roommate during camp there, a rookie year of him squatting like six hundred pounds effortlessly. He said the guy's you know thighs were bigger than his body. It was freak quads, quadzilla, right? I mean. <laughs> He's an excellent runner. He's so good. 
but he's obviously very big. So that's not a prototypical receiving back. That's kind of like a Derrick Henry. I mean, that's really kind of who he profiles to be. Or is the other big runner Chubb, right? He's kind of a Nick Chubb build. Mm-hmm. Aaron Jones is 27 years old, and they have a significant out after the year. I've seen a lot of people buy into that same uh, narrative that you put forward. The receiving. I saw something earlier today. You know, it's kind of common to think Aaron Jones, 1,000 receiving yards this year. He's going to be, he's like their second best receiving option behind uh lazard or he might even be like their best receiving option this year and his i saw that hot take his most receiving yards in his career is 474 last year he had 52 receptions the most in his career do we think that number could eclipse 70 like that'd be really pushing it i mean camara was like 81 and that's when camara was like the best receiving back in football is 81 he's not going to be 100 receptions if he gets to 70 maybe he gets 600 yards receiving that's a nice little bump you know maybe he finishes the back end rb1 he gets lucky on touchdowns but it's going to be a one-year plug for me it's going to be aj Dillon is the future of that running back in green bay they don't really like to pay guys i was surprised they paid him the first time after they drafted aj Dillon. so for me it's a quadzilla Dylan's 24. Oh, he's older than I he's thought, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, like May 8th. Okay. But he'll yeah. be 25 going into next year. This whole season, he'll be 24. Pretty much what Derrick Henry did. Sat behind DeMarco Murray. Sat behind Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. Still younger than Najee. <laughs> So you're cho- you're choosing Dylan over Jones. That's yep, all of us are. Henry, all of us. Yeah. Okay. So the second oldest running back in our like top thirty six running backs is Aaron Jones. Mm-hmm. So if if you're like to factor age in into your equation when you create your dynasty value, Aaron Jones has to have the second biggest de- deficit to Derrick Henry. There, AJ Dylan obviously has limitations to the pass game. Uh, does have the draft capital. He wasn't horrible in his opportunities where he was able to catch the ball, but Aaron Jones is a great pass-catching back, and this year they have no wide receivers. So Aaron Jones is probably going to be good this year. Yep. He goes off the board as the 20th RB on Sleeper. He's just after that for us. I'm a little bit higher than you guys, and it's just because I think, like, we have a listener question that said, other than ETN, obvious Jags fan, uh, who el- who can break into an RB1 this year who's well outside that? Aaron Jones is one of those. He could end up being a major focal point for the Packers when they're still breaking in Christian Watson and their best wide receivers are Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, who Robert Tanyan, Aaron Jones could feast this year. Yeah, and I kind of feel like Aaron Jones, everybody thought he was just this phenomenon two seasons ago and he would never repeat that and he would never be as good and then last year i feel like he went out and proved that he was just as good so you think year three he could definitely prove again in his situation i mean he was originally a late fifth round pick so he's always had draft capital working against him he's one who's kind of defied odds to become what he's been so mm-hmm. that's where a lot of the hate comes from is that he's eventually going to come back down to what we thought he was going to be before you know he broke out definitely as far as age goes is something where this is this is like a sparkler something that's gonna it has been burning and is going to uh you know fizzle out here in the very near future 
but it's enjoyable why it's there, still there. Mike, you want to give us your opinion on Aaron Jones? I, I think he's got upside to be high-end RB2, low-end RB1 this year again. That might be it, especially if he's not a Packer. Yeah, I prefer Dylan, but I'm, I'm not going to say that I think that backfield is his if Aaron Jones leaves. So I, they could easily replace him and draft somebody else and still have a, a tandem backfield where he's the runner and the other guy's the pass catcher. And that upside just gets capped. You know? And what if Rodgers isn't there next year? I mean, is that going to be a great offense with Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, another running back draft pick and no wide receivers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let the love Dillon and Watson not... era begin. Yeah. Because <laughs> Henry's a Packers fan. <laughs> You know, there you go, that secret stack. You get Jordan Love and Christian yep, Watson. I have in every league, all of them. You can go buy more Love yep, right now. Double down, triple down. Rebuild, it's obviously Dylan over Jones, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, rebuild, I honestly don't think I would want either of those guys. I, I Fair. Just, you know, I, with the Dylan hype, I'd probably be selling Dylan to somebody who thinks he's going to be an RB2 or going to take over that backfield, and Aaron Jones will sell to anybody. I don't care who you are. The sleeper ADP is shocking to me on Dylan, because I swear I see him go so early in so many drafts, or at least I used to. Maybe he's fallen, but I swear he would go like over Zeke some drafts that I was in. It's everything from sharps to noobs. Mm. So I, I, I do notice that like sleeper ADP isn't exactly how it goes in yep. to a lot of my drafts. But then again, like you look at us three and we have a lot of similarities. So league to league is going to be a little bit different here and there. But at least this gives talking points for when you're on the board and you're looking at sleeper ADP, how to how to evaluate what you're seeing. Real quick, I know we don't talk a lot of redraft, but considering Monday, I start the biggest redraft (laughs) draft of my life. Aaron Jones, how high does he jump in a redraft league? Top 10 RB. A lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Aaron Jones is a guy I'm targeting in a redraft league because of his upside this year. Mid-second round. I think his value, if you like looked at our redraft value for june like his adp may not be as high as it's going to be probably closer to the beginning of the season but he's definitely a piece that can help you win this year so for redraft he's going to be a valuable player it just depends on where he falls in adp whether it would be something i'd be in or out in in redraft okay good deal uh let's move into three guys i'm looking at that are pretty dang close in terms of uh where you guys rank them elijah mitchell leonard fournette and miles sanders do you want to do a would you rather three-way version yeah rank them yeah all right let's do a three-way would you rather (laughs) it's a little dirty but (laughs) mike you're smiling down there. <laughs> Would you rather Elijah Mitchell, Leonard Fournette, or Miles Sanders? Elijah Mitchell, easy. Easy. I, I think he's undervalued. I th- I may even have him undervalued. They brought Price in. Probably going to be the lead back in San Francisco again. If he can stay healthy, he'll put up a really good season. And that is ADP is a value. Okay, how about Fournette or Sanders? Who would you rather? He's like, neither. <laughs> Skip. He already has like eight <laughs> RBs by this point in every draft. Yeah, I, yeah I, know. I was actually having an argument with, so I was trying to get like, ask somebody about their rankings. They're like, oh, well, I never have, I never built my team that way. So I'll pay like a third for 
Tannehill. I'm like, you're out of your mind. It's a 12 team yeah. Superflex League. He's worth more than a third. <laughs> and he just couldn't understand the question. If I if I had to pick, I'm going to go Sanders. I mean, he scored like no touchdowns last year. I You have to think maybe that goes up. And it's not like he didn't get the carries that had the potential to get them. I know. He got the carries. And he still looked good. Like, I, I just, that random stat probably threw him down the boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, that maybe the last year with Brady. If that's the last mm-hmm. year with Brady, that's probably his real last year of relevancy. Mm-hmm. If, if you have an older team, maybe you're trying to cash in some money. I, I don't know. Then maybe go that. But I'm probably taking Sanders. All right, Henry, who would you rather? Are you going clear Elijah Mitchell number one? Mitchell, Fournette, Sanders. Put Mitchell in the body bag. Mm-hmm. Dead last. Ooh, really? It's San Fran. It's He could be cut by week four, wouldn't shock me. It's like, it's, you know, Kyle Shanahan doesn't like the cologne you're wearing today. You're off the team. <laughs> he might not even be alive week four. Yeah, yeah, we have to see who's alive on Sunday. Interesting. Uh, he's awesome when he runs. He can handle 20 carries for 100 yards. I mean, got hurt quite a bit last year off and on. For me, it's Fournette, Sanders, Mitchell, because I think Fournette is obviously last year with Brady, I would think. Brady's either out of Tampa or retired. And Fournette can receive enough of Brady dump downs to be PPR relevant. And then Sanders, it's like, man, Jalen Hurts is going to steal all your touchdowns and a lot of your running and doesn't like to check the ball down to running backs. And if he does, it's probably Kenny Gainwell or Boston Scott. Boston Scott. Or Kennedy Brooks. <clears throat> or Kennedy Brooks, undrafted free agent love affair for some. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. Miles Sanders uh, told us all, don't don't draft him in fantasy. Yep. Sanders is an interesting one, though. No idea what to do with him. Okay. Nick, do you know what to do with Sanders? I hate this grouping choice. Fournette, <laughs> like welcome. we talked about. <laughs> Henry and Aaron Jones, old. Well, Fournette's next on that list. Yep. Uh, but Fournette, RB6 last year. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Basically the same team coming back. So he was good last year, and a lot of that is because of PPR mm-hmm. and catching passes from Brady. They did get Rashad White, who also happens to profile as a great pass-catching running back. So some of the allure that boosted up his numbers last year, they've got the next guy waiting there in the wing, as long as he isn't Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> Rashad White's like <laughs> Najee years old for a rookie, though. Najee yeah. years old. Yep. Yep. But <laughs> hey. He's older than Burrow. Yep. He, he's younger than Fournette. Yep. That's what matters for the Bucs, at Vaughn. least. But. <laughs> barely. Yeah, barely. barely. Miles Sanders, someone who it's been like a love affair where as I watch him just like roll downhill mm-hmm. in value. He's had the opportunities and just hasn't capitalized on him. And the next play, Boston Scott. <laughs> You're like, Sanders touchdown, not him. <laughs> it was Jordan Howard somehow off the streets. Oh, great. Jordan <laughs> Howard. So thank you. No one started yep. him. But yeah. is it going to change? Sanders said it isn't. So <laughs> the guy's telling you not to draft him. Mm-hmm. Well, if he gets the same opportunities this year, I think just like the cliche phrase, regression to the mean is going to get him more of those touchdowns mm-hmm. on the number of carries that he he got. Obviously, more than zero. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't get worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Kenneth Gain 
well, maybe taking a step forward, but I like Miles Sanders because he's not old yet, but the one guy I haven't mentioned is Elijah Mitchell, and that's because I really like Tyrion Davis Price. And just like you said there, he could be cut next week. Now, that may be... Yes, I get it. It's extreme, (sighs) but he could be Iuked next week. (laughs) That actually happened. You know what I mean? Jennings. (laughs) Yeah, they could be like, nope. Nope, nope. Apparently, you looked at my wife in a way I didn't like, so you're no longer a starter for the first five weeks of the season. And explain. Wait, did that happen? <laughs> Trent Sherfield. That's who it was. Trent Sherfield. Richie James. Yeah. You're joking. Okay. Yeah. Nobody knows what happened to Ayuk at the beginning of the last season, but he did fine for the rest of the season. That happened with Jay Gruden, right? Some running back was with his like girlfriend, and he benched him for four weeks. <laughs> and then add on the fact that Terry Davis Price has better draft capital. Yeah. Obviously, people are going to point to Sermon. Sermon and be like, yeah, Sermon had better draft capital than Elijah Mitchell, too. I get it. It's definitely going to be whoever wins the backfield wins the backfield. But at least Terry Davis's Price is in his hat is in the ring to win this backfield or any given week could end up winning that backfield depending on game plan so for that reason i have him just behind fournette and at least to start the season i want miles sanders if it comes out and gainwell is splitting touches down the middle with him and then also other running backs for getting touches I'm probably going to have to drop Sanders a little bit more. It just depends on how that work is really distributed in those backfields with the 49ers and the Eagles is really going to like show me what these guys are really worth. They're ambiguous at this point. I think the Tyrion Davis Price camp news is wonderful. The fact that there is none Mm -hmm. is what's awesome. It's like if the Niners aren't talking about a guy, that probably means they really like him because last year it was like "Eh, Lance is not good. It's like Lance is light years behind Jimmy. It's like Ayuk, oh man. If you're like you're not hearing, Kyle Shanahan only talks to like whine or complain. So nothing to complain <laughs> about is good news. So no news is good news is what you're saying. No news is good news on the Niners, I believe. <laughs> Well, we'll see if Henry's right with that prediction. I love this last tearing of three, personally. So, side note about me, for whatever reason, I have it in my head that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I call him Claire Hilaire. I do not know why. (laughs) It is now an inside joke between Craig and I that it's like Claire Hilaire. That is just how it comes out. I'm sorry, Clyde. I have it wrong, (sighs) but you're Claire Hilaire to me. If you Um, just erase everything (laughs) after the first two letters down to A, I-R-E, then boom. Claire. There it is. Claire Hilaire. Okay, so let's round this out with James Cook, Claire Hilaire, and James <laughs> Connor. Let's start with Henry. Uh, how are you ranking Cook, Claire, <laughs> Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and James Connor? All of them above Aaron Jones, Elijah Mitchell, Leonard Fournette, and Miles Sanders. Clyde is the RB1 on the Chiefs, and he's my last in this grouping of three. Hopefully, he can get the receiving work that Daryl Williams got last year. Daryl Williams was like top seven in running back receptions. If Clyde could get 50 receptions, you're going to be so happy with that running back. It's been ankle injuries, and it's been weird injuries. When he's on the field, he's actually been really good, and I think people undersell that, that he's had like 400-yard games. James Cook was a love of mine before the draft. Got second round capital on maybe the best offense in football where they have like digs. And I know some people love Gabe Davis, but like a fourth round pick out of, uh, what was it, Florida Atlantic or something? That sounds wrong. But UCF, 
Gabe Davis. You know, I think receiving back on the Bills with Singletary in his last year of his contract, Zach Moss is nowhere to be found, and Breida on the Giants. Cook is, at worst, the RB2 behind Singletary. I think you'll wind up splitting and getting the receiving work. And James Conner got, like, two fully guaranteed years on his deal. That's why I like him over Fournette. Fournette only has one year, and Conner gets two. Connor was, like, what, a top seven RB last year, RB5-ish. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. an outlier number of touchdowns. If he can still get 10 or 12 touchdowns, this year he's going to cling to rb1 status and i know he's getting old and i know that he didn't have a good yards per carry but what's the competition there seventh round pick you know benjamin out of arizona state it's daryl williams oddly enough it's Keontae, the king of Keontae ingram who they don't <laughs> even like anymore so i've got it connor cook clyde all in my rb2 range which is higher than my cohort to him yeah connor if connor can stay healthy i think connor's a great running back option there awesome yeah, or if he can run more than like three yards a yeah. carry and still and make up for the fact that he scored 17 touchdowns last year, that would be fantastic. When 15 of your carries can only go a yard to the end zone, your yards per carry get lowered. <laughs> we can do that. Even Eno Benjamin looked good on he that did. team. I really think that he did for a couple of weeks, <laughs> the short period. All right, Mike, why don't you go ahead and take the reins on? Tell us who you have over all three of them. I have Michael Carter over all three. <laughs> I do. Really? <laughs> Yes. Why? <laughs> Why? Michael Carter is an undersized back, yes. He's like, okay, let's get serious. <laughs> he carved himself out a role last year in a team that wanted to cycle through running backs. What do they want to do? They want to give several different running backs the ball. He was kind of that main guy that actually built a role for himself. Everybody else on that team was trash. The team drafts Trace Hall, and all of a sudden, nobody wants Michael Carter. Michael Carter's dead. You can get him for a fourth, third round pick. And all of a sudden, he's just not going to get work. And anytime you take a San Francisco-style coaching tree and you put it into another team, what happens? That backfield kind of becomes a roulette. And I think Carter's going to be getting a lot more work than people seem to think. Reese Hall is not going to be there three downs throughout the entire game. There's going to be a lot of Michael Carter on that field. I don't think people are expecting that. So I still think he's going to be putting up RB2 numbers on that team with Hall and all the other offensive additions with that team kind of coming together, especially with that strong offensive line. Nick, you want, you want to chime in on that? <laughs> wow, that's that's a lot to digest. All right, two-part question. First part, Michael Carter, he's like an RB4 to me. He's one of the cuffs that I like, where if the starter were to be injured, then he could definitely be something you're starting on a weekly basis. So he falls kind of into that tier for me. But where we're at with James Cook, Clyde, and Connor, I haven't reached that tier for me personally. James Cook, the draft capital, one of the best offices in football, like Henry said. You gotta love James Cook. I've also hated Devin without a single carry for a long time. He's not been one of my favorite players. If things break right, James Cook definitely at least has the draft capital and the receiving ability to be worth something with the upside to more. Clyde Edwards-Lair, obviously a great pass-catching back, has even better draft capital with the other court best quarterback in the league uh, next to him as well. They have Ronald Jones, who I despise, so that almost makes me like Clyde more. Uh, <laughs> uh, they they do fair. still have Derek Gore yeah. for, for whatever reason, and then they drafted... Isaiah Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Ice skating move? 
Noble, <laughs> fact check. Oh, Pacheco is? The Pacheco? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they, they have Pacheco as well. <laughs> the ice skating uh, Yeah, but Clyde's still super young, dude. Uh, it still could be happening for him. And Younger than Najee. <laughs> They're, yeah, they're, they're going to have a hard time being like, scrap this mm-hmm. first round running back for Ronald Jones. Get out of here. Clyde Edwards is going to have more value than where he's ranked by some people, though we are really close to where his ADP is listed on Sleeper. Uh, so that's James Cook and Clyde. James Conner, one of the best RBs last year, goes a little earlier on Sleeper than where I would prefer to take him. But Henry made some really good points that... Uh, okay, so the whole injury narrative thing, thats we've now distanced ourselves from that. He's the same age as these other RBs that we talk about, how there are RB2s. And he's the same age as Austin Eckler. Younger even, is he not? And he's coming off a top six RB season. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he up here with like Eckler and them? Yeah, it's crazy. It's a possibility that everybody is too low on Connor, that he could be great this year. But they went and got Keontae Ingram, said then they also signed Durrell Williams and then they still have Eno Benjamin who is reportedly ahead of both of them at this point for whatever mm-hmm. that's worth. Maybe just being on the team longer is quote-unquote <laughs> ahead of them right now. But there's an argument that says James Conner belongs up there with all the other running backs who are basically the same age. Who's going to score more points you know? this year if Kamara gets suspended six games? James Conner or Kamara? Right. Conner probably close to as much and with six games more yeah. points. <laughs> it's super interesting to me that it's, you know, Kamara at 11 and Connor at 24 for Sleeper ADP, mm-hmm. that they're mm-hmm. basically the same age. They both have two years on their contract. I mean, Kamara more so than, you know, Cook or Zeke. So I see the arguments there, but something I did want to point out is that all of us have James Cook, Clyde, and Connor all back-to-back-to-back. Mm-hmm. In some way or another, we have them all back-to-back-to-back. Like, that's all a tier for all of us as far as where they fall there. And that basically gets us to, like, RB 31, 32. So lastly, why don't we each give an honorable mention to a running back that you guys really like that we haven't mentioned yet um, that you're likely drafting somewhere. <laughs> Someone that you have above ADP. Uh, somebody, you're ta- somebody you're targeting that you want to talk about. Mike, why don't you go first? Who, who's your guy besides Michael Carter who you already discussed? A guy that nobody ever wants to acquire and you never really were able to sell in the last probably year or two. Uh, Chase Edmonds. He's in Miami. He cost like nothing where, where is he at on this 37 on sleeper adp yeah like that that's really far down there for a guy who's likely the lead back in miami that seems looks like it's coming together they've had a lot of offensive line improvements they haven't had a really good running back in years i'm not saying he's really good but he's like a really good rb2 potential on that team but he's got to deal with mostert gaskin Ahmed, or how you say his name, Ahmed. <laughs> Just not a lot there. And Sony Michelle. Yeah, Sony. Yeah, Sony Michelle. Chase Edmonds probably the lead back there, and you're getting him at the end of like any of the takeable running backs. So big bargain. Oh yeah. Okay, Henry. Who's your honorable mention, running back? Alexander Madison. The the Tony Pollard that everyone thinks they're getting in Tony Pollard. The backup to an aging running back. Pollard and Madison both at the end of their rookie contracts. Uh, Madison, every time he plays, it's if you watch a Minnesota Vikings game, both of their dreadlocks cover most of their jersey number. You cannot differentiate the running style. It's the same player. It's amazing to me how good Madison is. He was a third-round pick at a Boise State a number of years ago now. You know, he's going into year four 
and he's still younger than Najee Harris. He's a guy that could have a good second contract career where he was buried on the depth chart and just winds up being one of the top 24 running backs in football. To me, he's up there. It's why they have the best running back tandem in football, in my opinion, is they have two of the best RBs. Nick, you down with TDP? <laughs> you already know I'm down with TDP, <laughs> so I got to pick another one. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I love Alexander Madison just as much. I liked him even more before the draft, before a bunch of these rookie, rookies kind of like fit in just above him, even though I still like him. Mm-hmm. With Chase Edmonds, I kind of like Sony Michelle, man. Chase Edmonds has been kind of someone who I, I mean, I still have him here basically the same spot as you guys or whatever, mm-hmm. but not aggressively pursuing him because, man, Mostert. there's just too many backs back there. Yeah, Mostert, Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, like who knows? Another San Fran running back mm-hmm. group. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about him, but Miles Gaskins on that team too. I think we've mentioned him. Someone who we haven't talked about. What if I told you last year's RB14 you could have as a late RB3? That's Damian Harris. He's obviously going as his late RB3 because they went out and spent two different draft mm-hmm. picks on running backs. James White could be back, even though I'm not banking on that. I really like Pierre Strong. He's one of my most rostered players, and I'm higher on him than most people. Damian Harris, I mean, like, if he's still the majority, like a 60%, upper 50% a share of that backfield. He's going to be worth playing most weeks. He was last year. Someone who you can get as a late RB3 who could be uh, potentially productive, but it's those cursed backfields, man. Mm-hmm. Just like Chase Edmonds, where it's like... <sighs> Yeah, of course, Damian Harris. Obvious, super good. RB14 last year, inactive this week. Yeah, like Belichick woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. Damian Harris, inactive. <laughs> I avoid New England running backs like the plague. Mm-hmm. I don't care where he ended up. I'm likely not. Unless there is no other options <laughs> that make sense, I am not drafting a New England running back. Most frustrating team in fantasy football. I do remember the uh, Chase Edmonds experience last year. Of He's the lead back in Arizona. It's going to be awesome. He's the lead back. James Conner, who he's already heard, like, riding around on his lawnmower. He got turf toe. He's <laughs> done. He's mm-hmm. made of glass, and then it was not Chase Edmonds. How you get turf toe on grass, I'll never <laughs> understand. And now I think it's probably going to be it's Chase Edmonds and Chase Edmonds, and it's most hurt until he gets hurt, and then it's Michelle until he gets hurt, and then it's like, oh, Chase Edmonds catches a pass every once in a while. But I could see a world where, you know, he establishes himself. The big knock on him is it's been like five years in the league now out of Fordham University, fourth-round pick. He has, like, never gotten a carry within the 10-yard line. So if you're looking for touchdowns, he's, like, not going to get the chance because he's, like, 5'9", 190. Sounds they don't perfect. have a great goal-line player on their team, do they? No, not really really i guess i could bring back jordan howard or most or to michelle or something <laughs> jordan howard i was trying to tee up for sony michelle getting a bunch of touchdowns this year could be didn't jordan howard on at one point on a team have like six carries for like five touchdowns and like that was it six carries five yards three touchdowns i think that was a stat yeah, line was, yeah. yeah yeah it was something like that it was like over the course of like four yeah. weeks or something weird all right well that pretty much rounds out this discussion about running back ranks. You guys want to add anything else or are you uh, good to go? I would like to say congratulations, Noble G, the queen, for making the Scott Fishbowl out here representing ranked draft trade for the team. Good luck. It's redraft. We don't do anything with redraft, so have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. You, you will be keeping <laughs> me calm through this draft, and I don't care what you do. Good luck with that one. You will get all the text messages. Yeah. Mike's like, I'm passing. 
passing that off to you and Nick's like, crap. <laughs> you should get a fish bowl. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Don't put a fish in it though, that's bad for it. No, no, I, I don't do fish. Like, no thank you. I'll get a bowl. I, there's Unless it's a Siamese fighting fish, those are hard to kill. Yeah, well, I'm sure I can kill it. But they will kill everything else. I actually like redraft a lot because I, I like the, the drafting and then if you suck, all your players go back into a pool and you just, <laughs> just redo the next year. But I usually do pretty well in redraft, so I'm kind of excited for it. So we'll see. I hope that I make you guys proud. Don't worry. I'm sure you'll be hearing every minute detail <laughs> along the way. You, you act like as soon as I saw it that I'm like, all right, well, time to create some Scott Fishbowl ranks because <laughs> I'm going to have to answer these questions. Yeah, I'm going to need you to get on that, Nick. I'm going to need my own special spreadsheet of redraft ranks. Yep. For Scott Fish, because that's crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I'll share the Scottfish Dynasty draft that we did mocking the settings, but using it as Dynasty. Is that just going to confuse me more? Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't look at that. I'll make some for you, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's keep this as simple and streamlined as possible. All right. Well, to all of you who are still listening to us, we do thank you for tuning in week after week and listening to our Rank Draft Trade podcast. We hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy doing it. On that note, you can find me on Twitter at NobleG underscore FF or on the Sleeper app at NobleG711. 711 because my birthday is Monday, which this oh, oh, yeah. this uh, this pod may come out on my birthday if I'm lucky. Ooh. Probably not. <laughs> Great. Pressure. Nick, no uh, pressure. Edit out. Edit out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it is Monday. We'll see if that makes the cut. <laughs> <laughs> just you, you should just settle for the free Slurpee. <laughs> I will get my free Slurpee at 7-Eleven, and everybody else should too, because on my birthday, you all get free Slurpees at 7-Eleven. Oh, thank yeah, you. Very magnanimous of you. Yeah, you're welcome. I did that. Mike, tell them where they can find you. On Twitter, at underscore Papa Bearclaw. Sorry, that took a moment to remember. I definitely <laughs> caught Mike off guard. He had no idea at the end of the pod we asked for that information. You, you ask us every time, and I forgot. <laughs> oh, and uh, Papa Bearclaw on a sleeper at. It's because you didn't start with the little at symbol, so you threw yourself off. I know. I was trying to remember, like, and I'm like, wait, is it the underscore, then the <laughs> at? And I'm like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Everybody has the at. Why would it be second? <laughs> <laughs> Henry. It's a long day. It's, it's understandable. It's your first time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Hashtag first date. Henry, where are they finding you, Mr. Superman of Fantasy Football? On the Birdie app at Clairvoyance FF and on Sleeper at Clairvoyance. Remember to stay calm and rank draft trade. Ooh, stay <laughs> calm. I need that because I get anxious when I'm drafting. At anything, pretty much, I'm just an anxious human. <laughs> And Nick, where can they find this podcast and where can they find you? We are at Rank Draft Trade on Twitter. We are at rankdrafttrade.com. We have our ranks posted up on Twitter and then on the website before you hear this podcast as well. We'll be back next week with wide receivers. Uh, Noble will be 21 again and we'll be uh, ready to take them by storm. He'll be younger than Henry for the first time ever. <laughs> That's crazy. I wish the Burrow could do that with Darnold. Yeah. It's, it's... 
eventually it won't be a happy day, but. Yeah. I'll take 29. <laughs> Can mm. we just pretend I'm 29? <laughs> How about like 27? Just do 27. Yeah, it's, it's a, a good weird number. Age. Nobody's go. ever 27. They're usually dead. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> now, it, Kanye said you're not supposed to make it past 25. Okay. Well, well, he did. I'm right. surprised I'm still going. No. Joke's on them. We're still alive. Yeah. Zeke's well, still going. Zeke. He's got to be, he's gotta be like 42 he's by like, now. Maybe I'm like Najee old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Congratulations on your 24.2nd birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be old balls. Sorry. Yeah. Well, you cut her. on that note, we hope we made all of your fantasy dreams come true. And we are out. Peace out. Yeah. Good night. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard that too, and I chuckled. <laughs>